Friday, July 24th, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitor Bro Podcast. Today, the 2009 NBA Redraft. I'm Andrew, he's Chris, let's go. Okay, Andrew, so 2009 NBA Draft. Uh, this one is well-known to NBA fans for being the Blake Griffin, Steph, and James Harden draft. Uh, and there was also some notable busts that we'll get into. What are your thoughts on this draft? Great draft. Pretty top-heavy as far as the talent goes. Not a lot of depth in this one. Uh, if I look at my draft rankings from 96 through 2012, I have this one sandwiched between the Westbrook draft and the Durant draft. So I have 08, 09, then 07. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I guess when you look at it, the top end of this draft, um, I think, is probably better than 08. But after I was really reviewing the the different guys that are in this draft, you realize that there's a really quick drop-off uh, after about the top five picks, I'd say. Yeah, it falls off a cliff a little bit as far as talent goes. But still some good finds later in the draft, so we'll get into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so I guess we'll just run through uh, the way the draft went in real life before uh, getting to our redraft here. Uh, so one of the big stories going into this draft was that the Donald Sterling Clippers had the number one overall pick, and they used it on the consensus uh, top player in the draft, Blake Griffin. Yeah, Blake Griffin, uh, good pick. I mean, wasn't super surprising, so... Yeah, yeah um, smart move. I actually have some really good stuff on Blake Griffin uh, when he, we get to him in the draft. But, you know, he um, he ended up being, he's still really, really good, uh, injuries aside. But, yeah, solid pick for the number one overall pick. Number two overall, we have Hasim Thabit, one of the most legendary busts in NBA history. Huge bust. Just terrible. I honestly don't even, like, with all fairness to Hasim Thabit, I don't understand what people saw in him, like the scouts. What was his NBA skill? Was it just height? It was tall. Yeah. He was tall. So they thought they saw him in college and they're like, wow, this guy's seven foot three in college. He'll be seven foot three in the NBA. Is that yeah. that was their only analysis. I think that's why you pay your scouting department millions of dollars to make sure that his height doesn't <laughs> suddenly disappear after the draft. <laughs> like I mean, when your second overall pick averages two point two points per game, um it's probably not a very good pick. No, 2.2 points per game, 2.7 rebounds per game. Not seven a good foot, pick. Seven foot three, 2.7 rebounds. I mean, again, let's talk about the tall thing because it is a big deal. Um, Hashim the beat, seven foot two, wingspan seven six. The NBA paint is 19 by 16. Okay, 19 feet by 16 feet. That means if he extends his arms, he covers 46% of the width and 40% of the length. He managed 2.7 career rebounds. He was half the paint <laughs> by himself. Yeah, but the, someone can push him out, right? I Did mean, I he just, because, just because he's... Wingspan. His wingspan was Yao Ming. What was Yao Ming's wingspan? Probably longer. I don't know. Look, just because you're tall and lanky doesn't mean that you can actually play the game. And unfortunately, Memphis scouts learned that the hard way. Second overall pick, he managed 4.8 win shares over 224 games. Yeah. 4.8 win shares total. This got me thinking, if I was drafted by the Grizzlies, what could I do to average 4.8 win shares over 224 games? 
I, I guarantee you that Hashim Thabit is still better than you. You would not be. You would be a negative player. Maybe, but I don't think he. What had, do you mean? What do you mean? Maybe, dude. You I don't even. You, you didn't even play. You didn't even play Canadian college basketball. I'm not sure if you realize what I can contribute to an NBA win share stat. I was thinking pregame smoothies, little little protein powder, some pre workout, mix it up, hand it out. That's got to be worth like a quarter win shares. Uh, some end of the bench cheering. You know, some attaboys, so, some go get them, some you demands. Everybody likes a good you man. Yeah, but they save that for uh, they save that for like brothers of good NBA players, so they can keep them in there. I can be like the brother, the you man brother. I was thinking that's worth another like 0.5 win shares, maybe. <laughs> I could also no. be the guy who calls out backdoor cuts. Like, hey, watch out, backdoor cut. I think they have a whole back row of like assistant coaches whose entire job is just to yell stuff like that. Listen, I see a lot of guys missing backdoor cuts and backdoor screens. Apparently, they're not doing their job. I could be that guy. Anyway, 4.8 win shares over four years. I think I could come pretty close. Hmm. You seem to disagree. I do. Well, speaking of guys who consistently miss backdoor cuts, number three was James Harden. (laughs) Great segue. Well said. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Harden, number one in this class in win shares. Uh, Obviously, prolific scorer. Um, What was that word? Prolific. That was the word I was looking for. Gotcha. Kind of got stuck in my, uh, my mouth there. You got stuck like James Harden's feet playing defense. Yes. Um, number four, we have uh, Tyreek Evans going to Sacramento. And then we get to the second big story in this draft and probably su- superseded the Blake Griffin story. And this is the saga surrounding Stephen Curry and where he was drafted. Because at number five and number six, Minnesota had two straight picks. And their GM, David Kahn, decided to draft and stash the highly touted Ricky Rubio. And then with the, with the number fifth pick, and then with the number sixth pick, he decided to take another point guard, not Steph Curry, but Johnny Flynn, who, despite what Hashim Thabit managed to do with 4.8 win shares as the second overall pick, Johnny Flynn managed negative 1.1 win shares. Wow, that is tough. How do you explain that to your parents? Who? How like, does Johnny Flynn explain his contribution when he goes back to his hometown? They were worse with me than without me. I probably wouldn't bring that up. If I was Johnny Flynn, I would back in my hometown. I'd probably be like, I was drafted sixth overall, and I played in the in the NBA for three years. You don't so. think when Johnny Flynn goes back to his hometown, he's bringing up advanced analytics? You don't think that's what he leads off with? No, I think he probably leads with, I still made millions of dollars. That's one thing people, like, just in general, general these busts, quote-unquote, especially the high draft picks, they still get two years guaranteed. They're still making, and this guy, well, I mean, Johnny Flynn made three years, so he didn't finish his rookie contract, which is pretty shitty, but he's still, I mean... Made, $9.5 million over three years. Would you be willing to be a bust in the NBA to make $9.5 million? I would be willing to be a bust just for kicks. You don't even have to pay me. I'll ride the bench for fun. Yeah. See? So, kind of like... He wins out, but in NBA terms, he sucked. So Stephen Curry, obviously number seven, and the team right behind him, the New York Knicks, who, as a constant theme throughout, really since well, since their last Finals appearance um, in 1999, they are getting boned because talk about the difference between the guy that they could have had and Steph Curry because they were definitely going to take Steph number eight had he dropped, but instead. They get stuck with Jordan Hill. I mean, no disrespect to Jordan Hill, eight-year career, but look, he's just not the guy you want. And frankly, there's guys behind him who are much better. They could have taken DeMar DeRozan, the young athletic uh, uh, shooting guard out of USC. USC. Yeah, 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 USC. Um, 
Could have, should have. Dolan didn't. <laughs> Dolan did not. Um, so speaking of Demar, he went number nine to Toronto and one of the greatest picks in Raptors history. Um, yeah. One of one of a few guys who averages twenty points per games, twenty points per game in this draft. So that worked out. Uh, Brandon Jennings uh, went number ten to Milwaukee. Uh, talk about a guy who almost right away peaked. He had within like his what was it his sixth game. He had that fifty point game. Yeah, hot start. Yeah. Um, also, one of those guys who never saw a shot and he didn't like. He's all green light all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, green means go, and he only saw green. <laughs> Brand Jennings is the guy who pulled up to the light, and all three lights were green. <laughs> yeah. Um, doesn't matter the shot. Brand Jennings is gonna take it. Uh, okay, so anyway, moving on. Uh, other guys that are notable. Uh, Tyler Hansbrough at number 13 to Indiana. Uh, Andrew, a guy who really didn't have that much skill and still managed to make a decent career for himself. Tyler Hansbrough's a goon. A little bit, yeah. Tyler Hansbrough is the guy that you're playing against in high school basketball where you know he's just a hockey player that was recruited to get boards. <laughs> That's a pretty good comparison, actually. Uh, the thing I remember most about Tyler Hansbrough is not necessarily a basketball play, which I guess is kind of on brand with him. It was more of a scuffle that he had. And this was, um, I think he was playing the Lakers, and he gets tied up with someone, goes, kind of throws his elbow a bit, turns around, he's about to give the guy attitude. Turns out to be meta world peace. <laughs> And he just stops right away. I swear to God, he was about to cuss the guy out, sees this meta, and he just changes his tone. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, son of a... Oh, hey, hey, Ron. Hey, yeah, Ron, exactly. long time to see. How you doing? Do you think they called him Ron? Do you think they respected when he was called meta? Do you think they called him meta? I think they probably called him Mr. Artest Sir. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're fooling around with any jovial nicknames. Yeah, Mr. Artest Sir, don't, don't punch me. Yeah. I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably uh, pretty civil with... Did he punch any NBA players, or was it only M- or was it only NBA fans? Is that the only people he's punched in an NBA game? Okay, so if you remember Malice at the Palace, there's a clip where Jermaine O'Neal comes in with a running start, full to prote- speed to protect him, right? N- no, no, no. Artest Steven- was in there first. Okay, so Artest goes in. We're gonna have to do a, a, Malice, a Malice at the Palace pod because there's just yeah. too many good points here to talk about. But real quick, Artest goes into the stands. Stephen Jackson runs after Artest to protect him. And by protect, I mean punch more Detroit fans. And then there's another camera that picks up Jermaine O'Neal taking a running start at a dude who is standing on the court. Thankfully, Jermaine slips. If he didn't slip and he made full contact with this guy's head, you got to see the clip. When we, right. do, when we do the pod, we'll throw up the whole clip. There's a great like 20-minute uh, right. video of this. But anyway, I'm, I digress. Yeah. Um, I guess one last thing on Malice in the Palace there is that um, the thing I remember most is the fact that Ron doesn't even punch the right guy. Right. If you look at it, right. whoever threw the Pepsi goes in, he's about to sock a guy, and you can clearly see him kind of saying something along the lines of like, no, 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 it wasn't me, it wasn't me. Yeah. And then gets hit. But you know what's funny? If I did throw a Pepsi at Ron and he was coming right at me, I think I would tell him it wasn't me either. <laughs> yeah. No, I would throw it and run away. I think so, which, which is, is what the guy who threw it probably did. Yeah, I don't think he was, yeah, he was out there right away. Um, another notable guy, uh, James Johnson, uh, went 16 to Chicago. Um, you know, he's, he's turned into a pretty solid career. He's just constantly seeming to manage to play on decent teams. Um, problem with James Johnson is that he's really streaky within even a small sample size. He could have a great two month stretch and then you think you know what you're going to get for the next two months and he's completely non-existent. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, former also, Raptor, James Johnson. Yes, former Raptor. Also, apparently, uh, a former Raptor who was unable to remember the plays that Dwayne Casey made. That's supposedly one of the reasons why he couldn't find consistent minutes within our rotation. He just didn't know our systems. Stay off the weed. Duh. <laughs> you are an NBA player. How can you not remember the playbook? I don't know. I think all he wanted to do is cock that joint back and bang it on him. <laughs> bang on him. That's all he did. That's a great um, play. Right after, uh, right after James Johnson at 16 was Drew Holiday at number 17. Great pick, I Late would say. Late pick. Late pick. That's a steal. That is a steal. Ty Lawson with number 18. He had a moment in the league. One moment. Um, Jeff Teague, number 19. Uh, Darren Carlson. Darren Carlson, number 21. Um, Taj Gibson, number 26 to sh- Chicago, was also a good pick. Um, Duan Blair, number 37 overall to the Spurs. He had a few good years. He did. Yeah, he did. The Spurs, this was a time when the Spurs were just churning out guys who uh, could play. Yeah. Jody Meeks in there, still playing. Patty Mills, 55. That's late. And I guess, yeah. And also Danny Green, uh, number uh, 46 to Cleveland. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He, um, yeah, played for, uh, played with LeBron before the Lakers. A lot of people don't, like, forget the fact that Danny Green, prior to playing with the Lakers, had been uh, LeBron's teammate before when he was a scrub and barely played at all. That's right. That's correct. Yeah. But better times for Danny Green. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the pod so far. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe. New pods every week. Uh, so if you're enjoying this content, then you'll probably enjoy our other stuff too. Also going forward, you may hear what sounds like ice clinking in a glass. Uh, that would be accurate because at that point I decided to have an adult beverage and I didn't realize that the mic was picking it up. So if you hear any clinking sounds, that is me. Anyway, back to the pod. So I guess that's all the, the key picks uh, in the draft. Um, joining in the redraft then? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so for the listeners out there, typically what we'll do is we'll throw the first pick to someone and then we go back and forth, but I already know who Andrew's going to take, and it's not Steph Curry. So let's just go with the Steph Curry versus James Harden debate because that's basically what it is. It's one, two, Harden, Steph, or Steph Harden. Yeah, you want me to start by making the case for Harden? Yeah, I'll give you the, the... the nominal first pick. I know you're taking James Harden. Please make a case for me why that is the case because I think this is ludicrous. Honestly, when I was looking this up, I thought you were going to have a way harder time making a case for Steph. I think the case for Harden as a first overall pick is way easier. Really? Yeah. Really? Really. I think it's way easier. Because I have three pages of notes. Okay, so I did see how many pre-draft notes you had on this debate, and I'm not going to lie, it made me a little nervous. Yeah, you got me fired up when you said you are going to take Harden. I got you three pages worth fired up. Yeah. It's okay. I'm still going to win this, and here's why. Uh, Let's start with this. James Harden has ankles that work. Games played. Harden, 826. Curry, 699. Wait, wait. Can I just start? Stop you for a sec? Steph Curry does have ankles that work. He just wears ankle braces to make sure that they work better. You know his, ankle, his ankle injuries are behind him. He started, with the, he started with ankle injuries. Fair enough. But those have been long gone. He hasn't had ankle issues since uh, the 2011-2012 season. Okay, but we're talking about the culmination of careers here. Okay. So, Steph Curry has missed a total of two and a half seasons out of 11. Okay. Two and a half seasons, gonzo. That's true. Yeah. So while he's nursing his ankles, James Harden's out here balling. So let's just start with that. You draft James Harden, you're getting an extra two and a half seasons. One point for me. 
When I was doing the comparison, I figured the first three years of both of their careers were almost a non-factor. Okay, uh, I kind of was in the same boat. Yeah. I think, look, I think the, the, the proper reference point to compare both these players fairly would be the, the start of the 2013, I mean, 2012-2013 season, because that is where Harden goes to Houston. Yeah, I totally and agree. And also when Monta Ellis, the first year where Monta Ellis is not on OKC. Monta Ellis was traded in the 2012 season at the trade deadline for, among others, Andrew Bogut. So 2012-2013 is the first year where it's Steph as the sole lead point guard and also this unknown Clay Thompson kid. Yeah, <laughs> the random Thompson guy. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so I agree. Um, first three years of Harden's career bouncing around in OKC, he did have a finals appearance, but he wasn't really the man there. Won a sixth man of the year in his last year there. Yeah, no, he was good. I mean, he was really good. I, I think they made a huge mistake, obviously, breaking that threesome up. They also had a Baca. <laughs> that was yeah, a great team. Look, we don't have to get into, was the Harden trade good? It wasn't, obviously. Yeah, Harden trade was bad. Yeah. Shame on you for making that trade. Me or Sam Presti? I think Sam Presti, yeah. Shame yeah. on you, Sam Presti. I don't think okay, you there. made that trade. Okay, good. I just wanted you to clarify. So it's easier for me to make a Harden a pro Harden argument when I'm Make it. bashing Steph. Well, okay. So first of all, I'm up two and a half years on you already. Okay. Harden leads in every single major statistical category except threes. And threes, he's only 200 back. I disagree. It's, no, no. No, I disagree. He leads in every single major statistical category. What are your major statistical categories? Points, rebounds, assists, minutes, blocks, steals. What about threes. field goal percentage, three point percentage, true shooting percentage? Those all seem Rate like stats. true shooting percentage takes in the two previous, the three point percentage and the field goal percentage. And the free throw, and the free throw percentage as well. Harden's a phenomenal free throw I know. shooter. So it might surprise you to find that Steph has consistently been the best true shooting percentage player in the league. Well, he's better than Harden. He's the best. Actually, historically speaking, I looked this up. Historically speaking, out of all guards, James Harden is number two career in true shooting percentage. So good for him. And that makes sense. He's the epitome of the uh efficient player all he does is shoot three pointers and all he d- uh and go to the rim and then he makes a ton of free throws the only player that's ahead of him in true shooting percentage as a guard just happens to be steph curry okay so six percentage points between their effective field goal true true shooting. shooting yeah okay okay but every other major statistical category you're right harden is there you're right he has slightly more points um in 11 years Steph Curry has had a great well, run. Don't, but don't compare the 11 years. Compare, like we already agreed, right? It should be the, uh, the eight years since... I understand that, but I'm not going to dock Harden for not getting injured the first three years. So what I was going to say is okay. that Harden leads uh, in total win shares, 133 versus 103. That is a lot. That is a that big is true, gap. But that, that is a big gap for Steph Curry, who has been on some all-time great regular season teams. That's true. But, That's a tough one. That's but a tough it's iso- But win shares are isolated to your own performances, right? It has nothing to do with what your team... If, you're win- if your team wins 73 games, for example, that's not going to automatically give you more win shares just because you're on that team. You had to contribute. That's right. Steph Curry has not contributed to his team's success as much as James Harden has contributed to his team's success. Whoa! Thank you very much. <laughs> Debate over. I'm going to go. <laughs> no. No, that... You can't just like make that bald that that bald face statement like that. Okay, look. Um, yes, James Harden has more win shares than Steph by like what, like thirty? Thirty. Thirty is a big number. It is, but it's a cumulative stat, and that does play into the fact 
that uh, Steph has missed the games that he has, including this year, which is one of would which would have been one of his prime years. So James takes that over him. Look, I'm just going to go then to my notes, I suppose, because. Are you done with all your points? Was that it? Was I mean, that the I'm big thing? Uh, I've got was more. that it? He scores more and he has more win shares? Yeah, more points. More points? Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's all I feel like I needed. James scores good. <laughs> James does score really good. No, I mean, I, I can get into more points. I, I think I'm going to let you jump in here and then I'll, I'll okay. throw in as I need to. Okay, so. I'm I winning, broke, by the way, right now. I think I'm up in this debate. I broke down the argument into four different segments. Loser. This is, this is uh, how in-depth I went. This is my three pages of notes. Page one. <laughs> no. oh um, okay, regular season stats. Like I said, we should start 2012-2013 season because Harden goes to Houston. That's kind of where his career really starts taking off. And Steph Curry is rid of the... Uh, uh, sh- what's the word I'm looking Well, the inefficient... Uh, Monte Ellis. The inefficient ankles. Oh, you're going to go Monte. Okay. But also ankles. Sure. Okay. So Harden, since 2012-13, 29.6 points per game, 7.7 assists, 6 rebounds, 44.2% field goal on 19.6 attempts per game, 36.2% from three on nine attempts per game. So Harden has, um, and also a 61.1 true shooting percentage. Harden has never had a season where he shot over... 40% from three. Then you got Steph during that same time frame. 25.5 points per game, 6.8 assists. So less scoring, fewer assists. Um, slightly one fewer rebound instead of six, he has five. Then you have 47.8 field goal percentage. Better shooter on 18 field goals attempts per game. So about two shots less. Also 44% career three-point shooter on 9.5 attempts. So during that time, he actually took more shots, three-point shots than Harden, made more of them. He's a 63.5% two-shooter. And also, I should point out that on um, usage rate, Harden has, um, Harden has uh, three of the top 15 highest usage rate seasons ever in the NBA. Number yeah. two, number 10, and number 13. It's called carrying the load. It's called being a ball hog. Who else was he going to give the ball to? I don't know. He had Chris Paul. He had Chris Paul briefly. Two years. Briefly with Chris Paul. Yeah. He had Dwight Howard. He had Eric Dwight Gordon Howard. for a while. Hey, star guy you can give him to. Don't let, let me finish. Point is, look, th- they're both exceptional players. But the argu- my argument is that Steph Curry provides the vast, like about 90 to 95% of the of the uh, counting stat value that James Harden does on a greater efficiency level, shoots better from the field, shoots better from three, true shooting percentage, which takes into account free throws, which Harden is better at Steph at, at getting to the line, still takes that into account. Steph still plays out better as a true sh- in the true shooting percentage. So a more efficient score. I had one thing on three-point shooting for regular season I wanted to talk to you about because actually quite interesting. Um, so I went on basketball reference. When you isolate... NBA players who have at least 2,000 field goal attempts, at least 2,000 three-point field goal attempts, I should say. Steph is number one in three-point percentage at 43.5%. He has 5,739 attempts. Harden, 115th. If you isolate, then if you say like, okay, how about like 4,000 minimum attempts? So these are like real chuckers. Harden's still only 26th. He's behind guys like Kyle Lowry, Damian Lillard, and Vince Carter. Vince Carter 
had a better career shooting percentage from three than uh, than James Harden so far, which is actually kind of surprising. That is surprising. Yeah, I, I good for good for Vince that. Carter. Well, Vince Carter top all top like seven all time three pointers made. Yeah, yeah. But so is Jason. Jason Kidd's like top five, yeah. but his shooting percentage was way down. Well, it took Jason <laughs> Kidd like six years to figure out how to shoot. I know. I know. But okay. So anyway, so that's interesting. So I mean, James Harden. His three, his career three point percentage thirty six point six. Steph, obviously greatest shooter of all time. Then you go to playoffs. So Harden, known for obviously tremendous regular season player. The playoffs, that's where like things dip a little. They yeah. do. Okay. They do. They do. So in the playoffs, since Harden has been on Phoenix, my stats would dip a little too. I mean, not I had Phoenix. No sorry, Houston. He's, my Pardon. stats. I was. I was just saying my stats would dip a little too if I had no teammates. Worked in the regular season. What would Harden's numbers look like if he was surrounded by Durant, Draymond? Probably about the same, and he wouldn't fucking pass to them. Uh, Harden's leading league in assists. Yeah, but he, you know how he does the assists. He like does his like dribble, dribble. I have the ball. I'll pass it to you when I'm ready. Yeah, but like, if he's getting the assist, that means the passing is no, leading to a bucket. Sta- the whole point is they're emptier stats. They are. He has some empty calories in his stats. But look, anyway. So, playoff stats, Harden, since he went to Houston, 28.2 points per game, 7 assists, 5.7 rebounds, 41% from field goal on 21 shots per game, 32.2% from three. So, rate stats, way down. Steph, 26.5 points per game, about where he is during the regular seasons, 6.3 assists, 5.4 rebounds, 45 field goal, 40% 40% three-point. So it stays a 43-point okay, shooter. you're right. On aggregate, Steph's numbers are better in the playoffs. Head-to-head head in the playoffs. Because I would say the best way, sometimes the best way to tell who's better is to see how they do head-to-head head yeah. in the playoffs. 2014-15, Western Conference Finals. Golden State beats Houston in five. Steph completely outplays Harden. 31.2 points per game that, that uh, playoff series. 51.5% from the field, 49.1% from three. He went absolutely off. Harden had a really good series as well. I will, like, okay, mind if you. If we're going to talk about head-to-head playoffs, can we just jump to 2018? That um, was a season where Chris Paul went down in the regular season, Harden went ham on the points, and then he came back for the playoffs, and they matched up with Golden State in the second round. Well, you mean 2018, they lost in the Western Conference Finals to Golden State. Yeah, but can we talk about what happened? So Houston's up 3-2 in the series. Yeah. Chris Paul goes down. Yeah, in and game, then Harden goes... In game five. Yeah, they're up 3-2, and then in game six, they're up at half, 61-51. That is Without Houston. Chris Paul. Yeah. Chris Paul is And they gone. lost. They got their, blo- their doors blown o- off them. Harden to the game was 10 for 24, and 33.3%, uh, 4 for 12 from three. With nine turnovers. That was in game six. But do you realize that Steph on the Golden State team with a healthy Durant, a healthy Clay, a healthy Draymond, that is the ultimate stacked Warriors team, was down 3-2 to James Harden and old man Chris Paul. They won. They won because Chris Paul went down. Chris Paul doesn't go down. Houston I would the argue otherwise. I would argue that Harden like kind of shot them out of the game. How about game seven back at home? He goes two for 13 from three. In Game 7, shooting 12 for 29 from the field. Um, they couldn't bring it back. After Chris Paul went down, they couldn't bring it back. Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. They win the series, and they win the finals. Golden State ended up sweeping Cleveland. Houston would have taken true. care of business. Look. Um, Steph with a fully stacked team 
One of the greatest teams of all time. Why are you... Okay, why are you... This is another thing. Okay, so I'll just bring it up to the finals. Steph in the finals, because I know you're going to, like... Like, one of the things I had was playoff... Notable playoff flops from both players. And obviously, Steph has a very notable playoff flop, and that is losing a 3-1 lead to the Cavs in 2016 finals. Um, LeBron and Kyrie go off, and frankly, Steph was not... He, he didn't have a very good series there. 40, at, at full strength. That was one of the few times when those two teams matched up when both teams had that was all their the, players. Well, yeah. It might have been the only time, well, Steph was Steph was admittedly hurt in that one. But look, enough to play. Enough but to guys play. are always playing. banked up. I'm not going to make an, an excuse for that. He wasn't great in the series. He averaged 22.6 points per game, 40% from the field, and 40% from three. But 40% from the field, it was poor. He was not as good. He got outplayed by LeBron and Kyrie. And yet, despite this... Steph Curry has the 10th highest points per game all time in the finals. I'm going to name you three players. Player A, player B, player C. Player A, 30 games, 37 games played in the finals, 25.3 points per game, 5.1 assists, 5.7 rebounds, 41.2 field goal percentage on 21 attempts, almost 22 actually, and 31.4% from three on 4.1 attempts. Player B, very close as well. 29 games played, 23.9 points per game, so slightly less, 4.3 assists, 5.7 rebounds, 47.6% from field goal, so a better field goal percentage guy on 18.2 shots a game, and 31.13 point on 1.6 attempts. So didn't really shoot threes, this guy. And then player C, 28 games played, 26.5 points per game, so higher than those two other players. 6.2 assists, more assists, 5.7 rebounds, more rebounds, 42 field goal percentage, 38.5 three-point percentage on 11.2 point attempts per game. So player C is Steph. Like, we'll just say it. Like, okay. Steph, 10th all-time in points per game in the finals at 26.5. Do you know who player A and player B are? No. Player A is Kobe Bryant. Player B is Dwayne Wade. Okay. Steph Curry has better stats in the finals than the, those two revered players. Both players, notably, who also had times where they won championships with better players on their teams. Dwayne Wade Le- with LeBron James and, Sha- and Kobe Bryant with Shaquille O'Neal. So I know you like both these players. I don't understand why you want to crucify Steph, who had Kevin Durant on his teams, when you don't do the same for Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant, who had also better players on their teams at the time. Uh, I will tell you exactly why. Kobe also won two championships as the best player on his team. He did. So, so Steph has won. Steph has won with that. And absolutely, he does. Let's let's go into Steph's year by year finals appearances and just and talk about them briefly. Yeah. Steph Curry's first finals wins when we were just talking about. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was going up against a Cavs roster that had lost Kevin Love in the first round to injury and had lost Kyrie Irving in Game One. I understand that. I feel like we're comparing apples and oranges with Harden and Curry. Curry's road has been so much easier than Harden's. I don't feel like it's right to compare them. His teammates How? have been better. His teams have been better. His coaching has been better. Harden has been the best player on Houston since the day he got there. Yeah, but they haven't 66% done 66% of Curry's championships, he wasn't even the best player on his team. Okay, <laughs> okay put the percentages out there. I mean, just two out of the three. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, they, he helped. He was the main piece that turned them into a championship contender team. Okay, Look. so first year, do you agree that that one was a bit of a lucky blow that Kyrie and Kevin Love went down? Do they win, do they win that championship if Kyrie and Kevin Love are in the, in the lineup? Perhaps. It was 4-2. Perhaps not. Perhaps was, not. Per- perhaps Most not. Li- like, likely not. Likely but, not. Okay, so Curry as the man, we don't really have anything to show 
that he can be the man and pull through. Well, he still pulled through in that finals. You can't just take away that finals. You, you can't, can't. You can't take it look, away. But I'm you just can't take we- away his final stats. Look, he's still tenth all time. There's tons of people behind him that are really, really good players, Hall of Fame players. Still tenth all time points per game in the finals. You can't take that away from, him despite what you want, like to say about the fact that he had a better player on his team. I'm just saying, when that, you like, have great, great Hall of Fame all timers playing around you year after year in the finals. Defenses cannot focus on you enough. You cannot double team Steph when you got Durant on one side, Clay on the other, and okay, Draymond well focus, in the paint. Okay, focus on them before Kevin Durant came yeah. because that's when he won his MVPs, right? Like regular it was season, only, he was tearing out the regular season. I'll give that to him. And but he did very well in the playoffs as well. His, I mean, Curry's second finals. Uh, he was a full strength. That's when they choked. That was a three-one series. No Durant. So right now he's one for two, and the first one was with no love and no Kyrie. You, you mean he? Yeah, one for two. Okay, but I already admitted. I already admitted that 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 playoffs wasn't his best. Right. No, no I'm going to go through I mean, all that, the that I'm finals. Going, I'm going to go through all the finals appearances. Okay. So fine. the second one he choked. Third finals, uh, Durant won the MVP. Fourth finals, Jerry Smith blows game one. They never recover from that. Durant wins the MVP again. Yeah, because they were the better team. Both those finals. Curry's fifth finals. Finally, we have a moment where it's time for Curry to step up and shine. Durant goes down. Clay goes down in Game Six, so he had Clay. He had Clay pretty much all the way to the end. Well, C- Clay missed also Game Three. He did. So this is time for Curry to step up and be the man, like LeBron had to when Kyrie and Love went down. LeBron couldn't do it in that series, and neither could Steph. Okay, so neither Steph could isn't, Steph. So St- Steph couldn't do what LeBron also couldn't so do. Without, I mean, without Kevin Durant by his side, Steph has the Finals win over LeBron with no Kyrie and no Love, and that's it. Yeah, look, you can't pick and choose your opponents. You just have to look like you just have to take it at face value. He was the best player on one play, uh, one um, championship team, and second best player on two others. Um, he was the best player on a team that won seventy three games. He won. He was the only unanimous MVP. It's obviously they blew that finals. Can you like, show me a single time where Steph has won where his team wasn't the favorite going to the series? Yeah, well, yeah, actually, I can. Show um, me the underdog story. That's what I want to see. Show um, me where in Steph pulls his team up yeah. from the clutches of hell and brings them over the top. In 2013, that was their first playoff series, and they beat Denver, the Denver Nuggets team. It was in the finals. No, no, no. No, it was in the finals. Right. That was, you're talking about a playoff series. Yeah. What about, like, playoff series? Look, I, all, I mean, I was trying to compare playoff flops. I did want to bring up the fact, like, playoff flops, Steph, obviously, that finals, versus Harden's playoff flops. 2013 versus OKC. This was his first year in Houston. Faces OKC. Losing the first round versus OKC in six games. OKC was missing Westbrook the entire series. Harden shot 39% from during that entire playoff series. In the game six elimination at home, 7 for 22 in elimination game. That's not what you want. 2014 versus Portland, known notably for the, the, the series winning shot that Damian Lillard hit in game six. However... What is kind of lost is the fact that Houston was the higher seed. They lose the first two games at home. During those two games, Harden went 8 for 28 in the first game. So that's a 28.6% field goal percentage. And then in game two, went 6 for 19 in game two. The entire series, he shot 37.6 field goal and 29.6 from three. The entire series. In the closing game six, the one where Dane Lillard hit that game winner over Chandler Parsons, who missed the switch, they only lost by one point. During the final 18 minutes of the game, Harden made one field goal 
for two points, zero free throws, zero assists in the final 18 minutes, and they lost by one. He could have made a difference there. 2015, benched in game six against the Clippers. They were going to lose. They were going to lose at, They were going to lose against the Clippers in the second round, and it took a miracle of miracles of Josh Smith and Corey Brewer going off for three to save them in one of the craziest comebacks in NBA history. They end up winning game seven. Then, and they're the number two seed that year. Then they do a number one versus two in the Western Conference Finals, lose the first two games, go back home, and this is, against, this is them against the Warriors, go back home, down 2-0, big game three at home, lose by 35, Steph drops 40 in their own barn, 12 for 19 shooting, 7, and nine, seven for 9 from 3. Harden shoots 3 for 16, one for, one, uh, 1 for 5 from deep. And then finally the game 5, they won game 4. This ended up being a gentleman's sweep. The game 5 elimination game, he goes 2 for 11. 2 for 11 for 14 points, 0 for 3 from deep, and had 12 turnovers, Listen, which is a playoff gotta, record. When you got to carry the load... You're, you're going to come up short sometimes. Okay. Steph's road has just been way easier than Harden's. Yes or no? Has Steph had an easier road to success he's than Harden? He's made the road easy for him because he's become consistently amazing and he's made his team great. Look, I don't think... I think it's actually quite hard to separate like the greatness of Golden State from the greatness of Stephen Curry. You can't just like isolate Steph and say like, well, he had all these great players around him, so like insert a different guy and they'd still be great. Take the two championship years with Durant. Take Steph off that team. There's a good chance they still make the finals. Perhaps. Take Harden but, but off Kevin that Durant, Houston Kevin team. Durant, Kevin Durant's a better player. Kevin Durant's a better player than right. Steph. Totally. We're not debating that. He's also a better player than Harden. Take, take Harden off that Houston team and they're not making the playoffs any year. Take any of those Houston years that Harden has been on there, take them off the team, they don't make the playoffs a single time. Okay, but you can say that about any team when you take away their best player. They're not going to do as well as they would do otherwise. Well, you just said that without Steph, there's a good chance that he's they not, make the well, finals those two years. He's not their best player on that team. He's their second best player. So you don't think that Harden in Steph's spot would have the same success as Steph has had on that Warriors team? I think Harden, look, frankly, I think Harden on the 2017-2018 Warriors, I think take away Steph and put in a different star, most likely winning a championship anyway, because they're that great. Like, look, there's no denying that. Right. What my argument is overall is that I think they're very, very similar in skill. Steph has been amazing. So has Harden. I don't see how everything considered, Steph, like, three championships, great team success, like, basically the same stats, just Steph shoots the ball slightly less than Harden. That can explain a lot of the, the rate stat, the, the, the total cumulative stat increase that Harden has I just don't understand how you can say that Harden is better when they at best look the same I think Harden will have his time I I hope Harden wins at least one championship because he's a great player I just think that Steph overall will have the better career and um uh, I think like and obviously more championships like Harden's a great player in his own right it's just that it just so happens that I think Steph is just that much better. All right. But we'll see. Anyway. Um, so Harden, one or two. Curry, one or two. Well, I have, yeah. I think the people know where we stand. So let's just go to three. Yeah. Anyway, that was a long debate. So, yeah, let's go to three. Okay, so I'm going to take the number three overall pick. Um, and I'm going to take Blake Griffin. Uh, and I actually have a really interesting stat for you, for him. Uh, this stat better be telling me why you took Blake Griffin over DeMar DeRozan. Dude, 
You have Demar. You would have taken Demar third. He's yeah. not even. He's not third for me. He's not even fourth for me. Okay, so. I mean, he's not fourth for you. He's what are you empty, talking about? He's an empty calorie scorer. He's a great scorer, but empty calorie scorer. You can get better players. There are two better players than him in this draft, other than Stephen Harden. First obviously. of all, how dare you talk about a former Raptor that way? You can trash the former Raptors. The blasphemy coming out of your mouth Clint, right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean? How can you make a blanket statement? How can you trash a former Raptor? Plenty former Raptors were awful. But he was on an awful former no, 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 Raptor. No, he was a great Raptor. He's a but, top five all-time Raptor. You're right, but that look. But still has warts. Okay, get there's a your, reason. Get, there's a reason why we never went relatively anywhere with him, and we had to trade him, and then we got Kawhi, and that worked out well. You know, because one of the things you can't do is defend, and which is why I have Blake another guy Griffin. ahead of him. Then uh, I have another guy ahead of him. But anyway, number three, I'm taking Blake Griffin. Uh, he was a good number one overall pick for the most part. He was right away. He was like the best. He, right away, he was the best player in this draft. And then it tapered off. The other guys caught up, right? But when you're drafting number one overall, you're going for the guy who's the best player, right? Typically, the guy who's the best player now will be the best player later. Hey, do you remember Blake Griffin's rookie season? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Played zero games. Yeah, that didn't count as a rookie season, actually. (laughs) But anyway, actually, okay, so the stat I have with Blake is he is one of 15 players to average at least 20 points per game 10 rebounds and shoot over 50% combined in his first five seasons, like average that through his first five seasons. All of them are Hall of Famers, except for one. But he is 10th on that list in win shares. Who is the one who isn't a Hall of Famer? Chris Webber. Oh my goodness, buddy. Chris Webber, one, will get in the Hall of Fame, should have already been in, and two, I would be taking Chris Webber over Blake Griffin every single time. Well, we can... That's not something we can discuss necessarily. We'll discuss this draft. Blake Griffin is not getting into the Hall of Fame. Oh, 100% he is. Oh, 100% he is not. It's a very, very low bar, relatively speaking, to make him the Hall of Fame. He is going to be Hall of Famer. He will. He will. He just will. Look, um, so anyway, the other guys to make 15 players, like I said, to average in their first five seasons, 20 points per game, 10 rebounds, and at least 50% from the field. And ranked, I've ranked them through win shares because that's how Basketball Reference does it. But you got Wilt, who averaged, like Wilt Chamberlain, averaged 41 points, 25 rebounds on 50.6 field goal percentage. Pretty darn good. Don't you wonder why the percentage was only 50.6? Like, I wish I could see some tape on the shots he missed. Yeah. Probably made all the dunks and missed all the shots. I'm not really sure. Um, Kareem, number two, 30-15 in... With 55.3 from the field. David Robinson, number three. Also, I had a little note on David Robinson. This was really interesting. He was drafted first overall in 1987. He actually misses his first two years. Do you know why? I believe he was on the Navy. You were right. Yeah. Did you? Are you looking at him or something or no? No. No, I, why would you be looking at him? Uh, I Honestly, I read that recently. I don't know why. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. In his basketball reference page, first two years, like did not play naval service. Number four, a guy called called Walt Bellamy, also a Hall of Famer. I hadn't really heard of him, but 26.8 points per game, 16.5 rebounds. Number five, Tim Duncan. Number six, Charles Barkley. Number seven, Bob McAdoo. Number eight, Shaquille O'Neal. Number nine, Hakeem Olajuwon. And then our number at number 10 are Blake Griffin. Um, and then number 11 is Carl Anthony Towns. I, I think, okay, the fact Carl that Carl Malone, Anthony Towns 12, is there. Wait, wait, Carl Malone, number 12, Anthony Davis, number 13, Alonzo Mourning, number 14, then Chris Webber. All these guys 
great, great players. All this is showing you that Blake Griffin got off to a good start. Yeah. The difference between those guys that you mentioned ahead of him and Blake Griffin is that those guys got better after those five years and Blake Griffin or sustained, got worse. But yeah, Blake Griffin is now has since run into a lot of injuries. But, I mean, if you look at his first year, for example, in Detroit, still really, really good. And yeah, then he see, ran into injuries again. I didn't want to hate on Blake Griffin, but the fact that you took him over DeMar made me get all acrimonious. I still think, despite the fact that like there's the injuries, Blake Griffin's a better pick than DeMar. I would argue right away, he's Right away, you're going you're gonna to have a star player. He makes all-star games right away, all-NBA teams right away. And also, like generally speaking, like DeMar has not been that conducive to winning. Okay, a couple things. The One, engine, The engine that ran the Raptors was always Kyle Lowry. It was. There's a reason why... DeMar-led lineups are consistently negative. And Kyle lineups, especially like, for example, the Kyle plus bench lineups, have consistently been positive. It was always Kyle. It was always Kyle. Okay, I think DeMar's style of play is maybe not conducive to winning as many games in today's NBA, but I will get to okay, that when I take Okay, then why would you DeMar draft him three? Because of the upside. Okay, hold on here. Blake Griffin's popularity peaked early, but as a player, I would argue that his game peaked late. It... Well, His first know. year in Detroit, 25 points per game, eight rebounds. He, he was it's an all star yeah. after one, two, three, four, five years. Yeah. Came back and made the all star team. It, it's changed. Like, he's a really good player. I mean, but he peaked. Look, Blake Griffin also peaked. First at four one years, point. it was just Lob City. That was it. No, no. His, his last, his la- one of his last years with the Clippers, his last, he made an all NBA first team, I'm pretty sure. Um, one of his last few years, he was legitimately one of the best players in the league. Um, which year was this? I think he was fortunate to have Chris Paul there early on. Oh, definitely, and it always helps. That Lob City was a good team, and I think that. But Demar was Demar was fortunate to have Kyle. Like guys, look, luck plays into this. It does. But look, Blake has been consistently a very, very good player, and right away he's been good. Uh, when he was dunking a ton, he's now since expanded his game. Remember when he first came in, everyone acknowledged great dunker, but he's eventually going to like lo- lose those hops and he's going to have to figure out a way to, uh, to, to compensate. And he did. And he, has, he did. Yeah. Uh, in between knee injuries, but right. he, <laughs> he figured out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think I'm taking that number. I'm taking that number three and I feel very confident with that. Listen, I would have had him four, so I can't hate on the pick that much. Obviously, but you'll, some you'll pretty, try. You'll try to hate. You know on what? I'll hit on anything if I can. Yeah. You but, hate on uh, almost anything I say. But anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. He had some great posters. I mean, Blake Griffin's going to be remembered for oh. some epic dunks on Mozgov and Perkins. Like also, just posters to end all posters. Yeah. Also, funny guy. I like funny guys. Yeah. Like, he's pretty good. On his when he was drafted. The they had a thing where it's like, what would you most like to do, most like to be? And his one of his lifelong dreams was host SNL. You know oh, he yeah. does he does stand up, right? Like yeah, remember yeah, yeah. I remember uh prior to people really knowing how funny he was, he had commercials, these stupid Kia commercials before he jumped over the Kia. Right, right. Um, where you see like a young Blake and he's doing the Papa Shot thing. Right. And he goes back and he's this is like him in the future. He goes back in time. And he looks at young Blake. It's like, nah, don't work on that. Work on this machine. And it's like some made up thing, the dunk, like the dunk machine. <laughs> that's and like young Blake is like, but it's all, but you only dunk on that. He's like, exactly. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah. That's what I'm going to take next. So let's go to the fourth pick. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, top four Raptor all time, probably fourth in the slot. But, Who's um, your first? Well, I got so Vince, Kyle, Bosch, Kyle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Ah, yeah. Demar comes in fourth. Um, real quick, I think it's pretty unanimous among the fan base in Toronto that Kyle will have his jersey retired. Does Demar also get his jersey retired? Yes, yes he does. Yeah, I think so too. Just because, not just the stats that he brought up, but it was also his entire demeanor. Right, he loved the city. Um, one of the few American players who was like, "Yo, this place is cool." Let's go. Okay, well, pick. I got the I got the fifth overall pick. Then I'm gonna take the guy I had fourth. So ahead of I had Demar fifth. I had Drew Holiday fourth, so I'm going to take him now. And Drew Holiday, although not as good a scorer, obviously, as DeMar. DeMar's one of only uh, four guys in this draft, actually, who has averaged for his career 20 points, at least 20 points per game. I think yeah. he's, like, right on the dot. DeMar can score. Yeah, but that's the one thing That's the one thing he can do. Whereas Drew is your like the prototype of an all-around player. He can score a little. He can assist, plays the point, plays also can play shooting guard, can defend three positions. Two-time all-defense player, all-defensive player, last two years, That's to impressive. be precise. Um, One-time all-star in 2013. Yeah, nice. Um, Snuck in there. I just think, and he's, and frankly, he's, and nowadays he's much more valued than DeMar um, within the industry. I think that would be fair to say. Yeah. Um, I think he's the fourth best player in this draft. I think DeMar, for all his strengths, and he's a good player, um... Not as good as Drew Holiday, not as conducive to winning as Drew Holiday. Yeah, maybe. I think my knock on Drew Holiday is that until the last couple of years, I thought his career was pretty much irrelevant. His first four years in Philly, I barely remember. But you remember his years in New Orleans? Where his New been- Orleans running with Anthony Davis, I remember, but they accomplished nothing. A couple first round exits. True. His numbers were mediocre at best. Um, he's the, not a he, he's not a he's not the raw numbers guy. But it's not right. like they were winning a bunch of games. They weren't tearing up no, the West. No. Let's see. He's got a, he's got a good young team now. Let's see what he does. You have number six. Let's try to make these quick because yeah, now we let's let's blast through these um, six. I took Darren Collison. Interesting. That's is not, he not in your top fourteen. He is, but I to tell you where I put him. I had him eleventh. Yeah, honestly, but, I, I, I could swap any of the picks from yeah. 6 through 14. Honestly, to be fair, after number 5, after the Drew Holiday-Demar group, there's a big drop-off. So there's a lot of guys who can kind of go interchangeably. I so, like Darren Collison just because you know what you're going to get. His rookie season yeah. was 12-6, and six, his career is 12-5. and five. Yeah, he was, Lakers tried to bring him back this year, he decided to stay into retirement, which ended up being a great decision because the league shut down. He was, yeah, he's... He's he was fine. fine. I would, he was yeah, fine. I would describe him as fine. I would describe so, everybody we're about to pick as fine. Yeah, so I guess I have number seven. I'm going to take Danny Green. Um, very good three-point shooter. I know what he is. Literally 3 and D guy. One of the best from the guard spot. One of the best uh, chase down blockers. Um, he's going to guard either your best or second best wing. Um, had some big moments in the finals. Also um, had some big blunders. He almost threw away. Yep, yep. Yeah. He did do that, but... Danny Green had our Larry O'B trophy in his hands and threw it across the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Look, that and Danny Green is a very like he's a very truthful guy. He's very like he's a warm guy. He'll tell you the truth about everything. He's on interviews, he's made no like, yeah, I really fucked that one up and like he's lucky that we ended up winning that game because that would be a play that would be thought of a lot more yeah, than dude, it is. That would have been equivalent to J.R. Smith. In similar, game one. Similar. It's a, it was a bad moment for him. Or like, for example, I mean, taking away from NBA, um, for example, Chris Webber calling a timeout right. in the NCAA championship game when they totally. didn't have one. 
just total brain fart type thing in high pressure. He fucked that one up. But he also had some huge moments with the Spurs. Um, Overall, just been a, had a really good career. And considering the amount of talent that's kind of remaining, I'm happy at number seven taking a a solid three and D guy. Yeah. Good pick. All right. I got eight. It's the Knicks. Um, I took Jeff Teague. One time all-star starting point guard on that 60 win Hawks team. Jeff Teague was okay. So when I was doing research, Jeff Teague actually ended up being better in retrospect than I thought. Like you don't think of, I never really thought a lot about Jeff Teague, but I looked at his stats and I'm like, you know what? Solid player. They were the Pistons of the next generation. Yep. Teague, Millsap, Corver, Horford, Damari, Carroll. Yeah. Good team. Sixty like yeah, tore with, up the regular season and then Coach ran Bud, into yeah. LeBron. Yeah, very as a lot good of team. Eastern Jeff Teague was also like young. Jeff Teague had some hops. Like he can. Yeah, good yeah, player. He was a good athlete. Okay, so I have number nine. I'm going to take... This is Toronto, so make sure you give us some half-decent D- here. <laughs> I'm going to take Taj Gibson. That's half-decent, sure. Um, He was a good part of some really solid Chicago Bulls teams. I don't even have Taj Gibson in my top 14. Because really? Because all I remember about Taj Gibson is him calling out Chris Bosh and then watching Bosh score on him in... 18 different ways. Well, Taj Gibson is not as good as Chris Bosh. So we are not getting Chris Bosh with this. Um, but Taj Gibson is a good player in his own right. Still in the league. Um, <laughs> I love how we can just say, this is a good pick because the guy is still around. Well, that was kind of a, a side note. It was an aside that I made. Well, a lot of these guys aren't in the league anymore. My number 10 pick isn't in the league anymore. Let me just finish on Taj, and then you can go number 10 very right. quickly. Okay. Just part of some very good Bulls teams. Um, very good two-way player. He can shoot that mid-range jumper, rolled hard to the rim, solid defensive player. Um, also, I kind of like his raw, raw spirit. You know, he's a type of guy, he's an energizer, right? He's a little bit of an enforcer. Um, sure. I don't know. I think good player. All right. Okay, you're next, number 10. Milwaukee. Uh, Brand Jennings. I love a good scorer. I did not. Okay, I didn't have Brand Jennings on this, like, 14. Brand Jennings, if you look at him, he was trash. He can put... He can get some buckets, but overall, he was trash. His, yeah. uh, his true shooting percentages were always low. Yeah. He was always just a pure chucker, so I'm kind of surprised that you're taking him. But uh, Career-high 55 points, career-high 21 assists. That's no accident. I got to think, if he would have just accepted a different role, maybe a coming-off-the-bench role, a Jamal Crawford-type role. Near the end of his career, he did play off the bench. Yeah, but by then, his prime was gone. He wasn't dropping 55 points at that point. His, prime, his prime ended after six games when he scored that 50 point game and then it was yeah. never the same. Yeah. He peaked um, early, peaked really yeah. early. He is not, he is the antithesis of the types of players I would like on my teams. Sure. Okay. Well, anyway, um, number 11, I guess I'll take Ricky Rubio. Um, he's still a starting point guard in this league. Uh, he was really highly touted and unfortunately got hurt. Um, and I wonder how his career would play out. Had he not, um, but not a great shooter, to be honest, but a great, just a really good playmaker, very good defender from the guard spot, actually. And he can do a little bit. Now you that know? we bring up Rubio, I forgot to mention something. What? I want to just briefly talk about David Kahn. Okay. Because it's hilarious. Yeah, this is a, okay. This is actually, do you want to, do you want to finish? We'll just run through the last 14, then we can bring up. Okay. We All can right, finish yeah. off on David Kahn's So David Kahn's GM. Wait, wait, let's just finish the last 14. Then we'll do it. I was giving them a little, a little teaser. Okay, give them the teaser. No, teaser's done. All right, let's blast through it. Let's go. Okay. 
Um, yeah, Ricky Rubio, number 11. Uh, solid point guard still starting for your sad sack Phoenix Suns now. But I don't know. Your go. Uh, Tyreek Evans. Okay, I was going to take him next. Yeah, yeah, good numbers throughout. Pretty consistent. Should have, have been a, better. Should have had a bigger impact for the teams he, he played on. I just a, hasn't. I have an interesting stat for Tyreek. Yeah. Um, do you know who the only rookies to average 20 points per game, five assists, five rebounds on at least 45% shooting? Do you know who they are? Tyreek is one. LeBron? No. Jordan? Yes. And Brandon Roy? No. It's Tyreek, Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson. Oh, and I should have guessed lower, that. If you lower that field goal percentage to just 41% or just over 40, then they add LeBron and Luka Doncic. So he was in, after his first year, he was in a group only popularized by Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson, LeBron James, Luka Doncic. He had a hell of a rookie season, rookie of the year. Yeah, so if you're drafting him, like, yeah, if you're drafting him, that one year, man, like, you are looking like a genius. But then it pretty much just went downhill from there, and he really wasn't that good a player. Afterwards. And I don't understand. There was no major injuries. There was no major off-the-court issues. His game should have just continued to progress. I think, yeah, I don't know. Don't I'm know sure. I'm sure if we had real insiders or anything like that, I'm sure there's some stuff about him. Maybe. He did get suspended a long time for taking performance-enhancing drugs, but... <laughs> didn't help yeah um what pick was that number was that number 12 yeah no yeah i i don't know name a couple more people in this draft that are relevant okay well i'll just i think this is number 13 i'll take patrick beverly uh, i got him at 13 too and my reasoning was that given this year i would have loved to see patrick beverly on that team with paul george roy hibbert and lance stevenson Ooh. battle lebron in playoffs that would have actually been good. Yeah, that would have been good. So for my own viewing entertainment, I chose Patrick Beverly at 13 to Indiana. Okay, one more pick. Who do you got? Uh, Patty Mills. Okay. Still in the league, champion, solid. Australia is a destination I'd like to visit. Maybe he can go with me, show me around. Yeah. Wait, is he? He's Australian. He's yeah, not he South is. African? No, he's Australian. Right, that's There's what no I thought. South Africans in the NBA. Oh, that's a big claim. No, Ben Simmons is South African. He's Australian as well. Is he? Yes. Why do I keep getting those two places confused? They're not even close together. I don't together. know. Maybe you're bad at, like, accents. Oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe because the accents are the same? I don't know. Anyway. Do you look at, like, Crocodile Hunter Steve Irwin? It's like, oh, good South African. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe. I'll just add one more guy that I liked. Um, I had Damari Carroll as my 14th overall guy because he had two really good seasons with the Hawks right before he signed with the Raptors. Actually, very good. Surprisingly yeah. good, like your ideal 3 and D type guy, and then he... That's why he signed with the Raptors. Yeah, but I think you also remember that he stopped playing for the Hawks in that playoffs because he hyperextended his knee really poorly, like really badly, I should say, and I think that really affected him. But I don't know, or maybe he just had two good years and then he forgot how to play because he wasn't that good before and he certainly hasn't been that good after. It seems unlikely that he forgot how to play basketball. Like, uh, it's kind of a figure of speech. I'm sure there's things that happen, but I'm just saying he was good for two years, and then he no longer was good. As soon as we got him. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, that happens. Okay, so... That's the draft. We're done with the redraft. Let's uh, finish off with... Real quick. Um, Andrew, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ranting about the terribleness of the G- the Minnesota GM, David Kahn, because he sucked. He is terrible. I'm going to give you a brief history about what David Kahn did in this draft, and then what David Kahn... Uh, claim to fame other moves as a GM throughout his career. Let's hear it. Real quick, Minnesota already has three point guards 
on their opening day roster before this draft. Pri- prior to the 2009 prior, draft? Okay. Prior to this draft, most notably, they got Sebastian Telfair. He's got the five and six pick. He goes point guard, point guard with Rubio and Flynn. Then he's got the 18th pick. Currently, you have five point guards on your roster. You think maybe change it up with the 18th pick, try a different... No, no. He goes with Ty Lawson. You now have a 12-man rotation. You have six point guards. <laughs> you draft three point guards in the first round, and not one of them is Curry or Holiday. True. If you closed your eyes and just threw darts at the point guards in the first round, there's a good chance you would hit at least Curry or Holiday. At least once. I don't know. I mean- there's a lot of Darren Carlson and Jeff Teague, and there's a lot of point guards in this one. But what you're getting at, and this is true, that the obvious pick, the obvious pick was at least after Ricky Rubio, the next guy was Steph Curry. Johnny Flynn was not supposed to go where he went. Yeah. Ricky was Rubio reach. was legitimately very highly touted. I mean, he played for the Spanish national team prior to being draft eligible, like several times. He was... A star. He was better than Jose Calderon when Jose Calderon was in his prime. Like, if you yeah, but dude, even Jose Calderon in his prime was nothing special. He was a good NBA starting player. He was probably a backup on but a good playoff. The point team. is, if you look at a 17 year old and he's like, oh my God, he's better than this starting, this solid starting point guard, he's probably going to be really good. He was very highly touted. Well, in hindsight, he wasn't really that good. Ricky Rubio no. couldn't shoot lots of assists. Yeah. All right. Uh, real quick, some other notable moves. From David Kahn, which are pretty funny. Aside from drafting Rubio and Flynn over Curry. Um, six years after being drafted by the Pistons, David Kahn traded for Darko Milicic. He thought it'd be a good idea to... Uh, he traded him for the custodian, Brian Cardinal. Okay, well, they went out. Didn't Darko had like a moment with Minnesota. He did all right. Darko has no moments. He had like a small, a very small moment, I think, with Minnesota. I'm almost certain of this. Darko's moments were getting wedged between LeBron and Carmelo. That was his moment. Well, that's, yes, that's what he'll always be remembered by, but... Uh, he also traded 19 points per game, Al Jefferson, for 6 points per game, Costa Kufis. Because he don't... What was the basis of that trade? Don't know. Nobody Fair. knows. It's David Kahn. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no reckoning for why he does what he does. Uh, he drafted Derek Williams over Kemba, Clay, and Kawhi. He traded Boyan Bogdanovich for cash. Which Boyan, the one on the Kings? No, the one on Utah. The one who's putting up 20 points oh, a game. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Bogdanovich. I was thinking, yeah, Bogdan is the one on the Kings. Yeah, no, this too is many, Boyan. There's too many Bogdanoviches. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I love when the last name ends with Anovich. You know exactly what player you're getting. Yeah. Uh, he also signed Brandon Roy for five games in his comeback attempt. Okay. But, I mean, his big one, obviously, is this is his this is his piece de resistance for being a terrible GM. This one moment defined him as a GM where he really fucked it up. You like, really, I, royally I, fucked it up. I mean, I think drafting Derek Williams over Kemba Clay and Kawhi was a pretty bad, pretty bad move, too. That was. But at least Derek Williams was highly regarded. I mean, if you're following the... The, the mock drafts, a lot of people at Derek Williams High. Yeah, it's true. They really thought he'd be good. Johnny Flynn, what the fuck? Like, I mean, you take, it's just, it's so comical. You take five and six, you have two straight picks, and you take two point guards, and none of them are the best point guard. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to The guy do, who was supposed to be taken. Right, but, if, like, why not just pick the best player at that point? Because you already have three point guards in your roster. It's not like there was one super point guard who was standing above the rest that you could take and then deal with your point guard situation. There was a number of other positions they could have filled. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Chris. we're trying to think logically about something that is just blatantly stupid. So it's just, you can't just 
think like an idiot, and that'll be David Kahn. Um, there's a reason why people keep, like, I guess I'll finish off on this. There's a reason why people keep, when they think of David Kahn, playing that uh, that Star Trek scene with um, uh, um, Captain... What the fuck his name Captain is? Captain Kirk. Yeah, Captain Kirk. Yeah. He's like, Kahn! <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And Minnesota guys like play that all the time. Maybe there's a foreshadow that Kirk was actually yelling at David Kahn, the GM, for the case of Maybe. Made. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, that's the uh, that's the 2009 redraft, and uh, that's it. 